0: Happy Boxing Day. Yes, and this was, uh, yeah, the, and in Canada. Like whenever I was growing up, I was, uh, you see all the holidays, it's like Boxing Day, parenthesis, in Canada. And so, but Happy Boxing Day, yes? And Merry Christmas? Okay, okay, good. All right, this is the cozy service. This is the after Christmas service. Some of your family members aren't here, and we're not shaming them at all. They may be watching right now. And if, if, but for all of us, we totally should have told you to come in your PJs, but I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you're here um, to actually do something that we haven't done a whole lot of, which is to have all of the grownups and kids. We don't have any kids ministries. That may be why some of the kids are at home still, but for all the kids in here, this is going to be a big deal. I'm going to tell you why in just a sec, because you're going to be happy you're here, but you're definitely going to want to make sure mom and dad that you have one of these note pages. If you don't, or you don't have a writing utensil, you're going to want to get one from the back and Pastor Brent will score you one of those. but let's just talk about 2021 briefly here the reality is is that this last 2 years really have been as pastor carlos alluded to a little rough i mean they've been kind of difficult in some ways yeah Some of us have come through, even like we got through 2020, we said, man, I'm just so glad that was over. And then 2021. And so like we've had an experience of a couple of years. I mean, human history is problematic and difficult and tough, but the past couple of years have been real tough and it would be really poor for us as disciples of Jesus to not talk about that, or at least not equip ourselves for how do we deal with sufferings? How do we deal with suffering in a way that's actually going to help us understand how to process those as, as Christians and, and go from there? So what we're going to do is this. Um, what we're going to do is we're actually going to have help from uh, one of my friends that I bring out every once in a while. Um, you may have seen him before. This is who? No, 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 it's not SpongeBob. This is Sponge Javier. Sponge Javier, want to say hi, Sponge Javier? You're talking to a sponge. Okay, so here's the deal. SpongeBob here is going to help us out. So kids, here's what I need you to do. And actually, when I say kids, I mean anyone in this room. If you would like... But I'm specifically talking to those who are 18 and younger If you would like a piece of candy I've got candy up here, right here And so at the end of the service, folks If you are a kid or of any age um, On your notes, there's a section that says Serious Theological Sketch Space What I want to encourage you to do is simply to illustrate My friend right here is going to help us out with the sermon today Sponge Javier And that's all you need to do Come up to me afterwards and you'll be able to get a candy Or a piece of fruit and, um, And that'll be great I don't have any fruit. I'm just trying to appease my friends that are health conscious. Okay. Sponge Javier is going to help us uh, understand a little bit of what this year has been like. Because honestly, this year, um, when we think about 2021, but life in general, there is a lot that just weighs us down and is end up just really messes us up. Life is something that can be just abrasive. I mean, splintery. Um, Some of us had amazing years, but some of us had years that life itself was just something that, well, it just was painful, right? I mean, some of us, we had years that just... We, how many of you had 2021 was a little bit burdensome? Okay, yeah. And it's just one of those things that just, just kind of does this weird thing of finding its way of weighing us down. But that's not alone. I mean, it, and the, what, what makes life so difficult is a couple of things. One are the things that we do. My bad. Some of you this year had an opportunity to experience stuff that was just really tough and weighing. I mean, the thing that weighed you down was stuff that you did. It was your bad. I mean, you, you, wish, you wish you could go back and redo those decisions. You wish you could undo those decisions, but you can't because you did it. And all you could say is, what? Yeah, my bad. I mean, it's something that I did. You have to own it. But if, it would be one thing if that was all that our suffering came from in life. But our suffering doesn't just come from that. Our suffering also comes from what? Their bad. It's always more heavy when it's them. Okay, so they're bad. These are the things that other people have done to us. Man, I can't believe that they did that. Now, my bad is like, I made some bad decisions. I said something I should have not said. I did something I probably shouldn't have done. And do I suffer as a result of that? Yeah, sometimes. But you know what? The more heavier and loud thing that's in my life are the things that other people have done to add to my suffering. The people I work for, the people I work with, the people that work for me, the people that I go to school with, sometimes add to this, the things that people have done and said that's just been one of those things where it's like every lie. Every time someone does something that just... It just continues to add to that suffering. It's just awful. And life has stuff that adds to our suffering from things that we do and things that other people do. But if that was alone, all that we had to suffer with, that'd be one thing. But it's not. We also have the fact that everything in life breaks. Everything breaks. Woo. Everything breaks. Everything in life breaks. Everything, every person... Every hope, every dream has an expiration date. It's one of those things where like everything, and and kids, we talked about this. If you had a really, really cool toy yesterday, you're probably not going to be really enjoying that when you're 35. Some of you will, the weirdos that don't take it out of its case, but I mean, the rest of us, things break. Everything breaks. Things in this life, one of the things that's been so tough about 2021 that's added to our sufferings is the fact that we've had people whose bodies have broken down or people even that we've lost. We've had, we've had the fact that it seems like, man, I, I just can't financially do it one more day. And then all of a sudden the car breaks. It's like, seriously, the car breaks? But then you find out that your washing machine is also broken because it's making that weird sound. Everything breaks and it adds to the weight of the suffering. And this world has an answer to this. What often happens is world religions say, well, here's the problem it's your fault. You've done this. If only you were more obedient to the God or goddess that you worship or the the religious system that you're a part of. If only you were more devout, you wouldn't have this problem. You wouldn't be suffering. What you need to do is to get yourself more moral. If you get more moral, you're going to alleviate all this pain and boom, it's going to be awesome. That's why religious people can oftentimes be so annoying. Because they're constantly telling us, I know what your problem is. You just need to get better at life and stop making such bad decisions. Buddhism is a a religion that says, interestingly enough, as far as suffering is concerned, sufferings are are things that are, it's actually an illusion. If you're feeling pain, it's not really pain. You have an illusion of pain, an illusion of suffering. And basically what you need to do to alleviate suffering is to stop loving things. Stop loving things and stop loving people. If you stop loving things and getting your heart attached to things, then you're going to feel nothing. And that's the goal. Feel nothing so you'll never feel suffering. Love less, like less experience less. And within Buddhism, the idea is less is more. And that's why we get to suffering. But none of those are really satisfactory. In fact, as honest as world religions try to be with regard to all of the things that they're trying to help us out with, that doesn't answer the question completely. Because truth be told... There's a lot of things in my world that isn't my fault. I didn't do it, and I'm still suffering. It was somebody else's fault. It's someone else's issues. Christianity alone has this amazing way of dealing with... Okay, let's see how he's doing. Oh, boy, okay. Has an amazing way of dealing with the fact that there are things in this life, things that we suffer from, that are our fault. We've had a hand in it. We've lit that match, and yet... That's not the whole story. And Christianity also says that our sufferings aren't a delusion. They're not just an illusion in our mind, like Buddhism says. Christianity says, no, our sufferings are actually legitimate. The things that we do, the things that other people have done, and the breakage of life causes suffering to take place in our life, but that that's not the end of the story. In fact, that's the thing I love so much about scriptures, because you have Jesus... Uh, Inspiring the lives of people like Paul, who says things like this. He says, "I consider that our present suffer—actually, let's read this together. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. I look at the sufferings that I'm experiencing as not the end of the story." And, and this is an amazing thing because what Christianity has is this. They, uh, Christianity simply is saying that it's not that God's not pro- God, what God promises us is something other than what we actually believe. We actually need to understand this instead, that sufferings are never the end of the story because what we are promised is glory. Again, go back to that passage. I consider that our present sufferings, they are a reality. They are legitimate. They are a thing, but they're not worth comparing with the glory that will, will be revealed and this is what I'm talking about with this. Paul is making this statement with a couple of assurances. Like he has some confidence in this statement. Paul is saying, I consider that the things that we're going through right now that are painful, and they're painful, the things that we're going through, that they're, that they're happening, and there's no like end in sight, but that that's not the end of the story. And the reason he has confidence to say this is this. Number one, God is sovereign. Okay, now this is a tough word, especially if you're a kid. Well, it's a tough word if you're an adult. Everyone say sovereign. Okay, so I want everyone to do this so that the kids will do it along with me. But everyone just get your hands ready. Just click, do this. Okay. Kids, ready? And, and kids and adults, I want you to just kind of go like this. Go sovereign. sovereign. Oh, this is very intimidating. Let's do it again. One, two, three. Sovereign. Sovereign means strong. It means in control. It means powerful enough. Sovereign means I get to do what I want to do. And I've got the ability to pull that off. That's God's sovereignty. God is sovereign. So Paul is saying that I I consider that the pain that we're going through, the difficult, the drama, all that stuff, it's totally worth holding out for. It's it's worth going through because it's got no comparison with what God's going to ultimately do. And I can say that I believe that because I believe he's strong enough to pull it off. Not only that, but God, as it says there in that passage, promises glory. He's not promising just like uh, that, that one day you'll have less pain, or one day you'll have less drama, or one day you'll have less su- suffering. He's saying that this suffering right now is happening. It's going to happen, but it's not the end of the story. It's not the end of the story. What God is promising is what? Glory. Glory, and that word glory is the word doxa in Greek. I mean, it's the same word that we get doxology from, praise. I mean, it's like something that's like, whoa, it's like an upgrade. So everyone go like this with your hands, get all your fingers out. We're just going to go like this. We're going to go like upgrade. This is a royal upgrade. Just think of a crown, a royal upgrade. How many of you have ever had anything upgraded in your life? Okay, kids, this has happened every once in a while. You go and you order one scoop of ice cream, and they give you two upgrade. Some of you grown-ups, you guys have gone and you've like, you've booked a car, you booked a Hyundai. Why would you book a Hyundai? You booked a Hyundai, you rented a car, and all of a sudden they gave you a Porsche. That's a royal upgrade. It's not just like, okay, we're gonna get you into a Tercel. That's like a royal upgrade. Some of you have, have, have been on a flight, and somehow they messed up, not on Southwest, but in other airlines, and they've messed up, and all of a sudden they give you a Upgrade and put you in first class. And you're like, what? And like, and here's some money, and here's some like hot towels. You're like, what is going on? Royal upgrade. Some of us have gone through life and we've experienced something where you've gotten to a concert and you went and you bought like crummy seats, but they upgraded you to give you like VIP seating. You're like, what's going on? What's going on? Royal upgrade. That's the word glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the royal upgrade. That we're going to receive. And Paul can say that with confidence. Because God is strong. Enough to do it. He's sovereign. He can do whatever he wants to do. And that's what he chooses to do. And not only that. God promises that. It's like as if God puts his hand over his heart. And says I declare this to you. If you're going through something garbagey right now. You have the God of the universe making a promise. A promise. To you. But that's not alone. Not only that. Not only is God sovereign. He's powerful enough to pull it off, not only is he promising, so he's giving you exactly the words of what he's going to do, but also God is love. And that's huge because that tells me something about what's going on with this guy right here, Sponge Javier. Sponge Javier needs to understand this, is that in the midst of the fact that life is precarious, brutal, bitter, horrible sometimes, and the fact is is that in this life— I am going to have decisions that I am going to make. I'm gonna make decisions in 2022 that are regrettable, that I'm gonna wish I had not made. That's gonna happen. That's, I guarantee you. I bet there's gonna be decisions I regret between now and the end of 2021, right? But not only that, I've got the assurance of the fact that in the midst of the fact that other people and their horrible decisions that they're going to make, that's going to impact me negatively as well. And I've got a confidence that this life that continues to break and is broken down for every generation, ever since there was a generation, will continue to break. I may lose people this year that I had at the beginning of 2022. The reality is, is that in the midst of that, not only is God in control and strong. Not only does God make me promises, but because he loves me, he promises that he will be with me and he will never leave me. If you are struggling right now, and many of you are, you are not alone. And I want you to notice something about Sponge Javier. Sponge Javier is in the midst of this storm. And it's one of the things that a lot of times we as Christians get wrong Is that we communicate that, hey, you know what? All you got to do is become a Christian. Put your trust in Jesus. Ask him to forgive your sins. And the world is going to get easier. You're not going to have sufferings. But that's a lie. And Jesus never promises that. What does he promise? He promises that our sufferings are never the end of the story. He never promises that we will not have sufferings. He promises that they're never the end of the story. Because what we are promised is glory. A lot of times Christians, after you become a Christian, we start, hi, it's okay, come on up. That's weird, isn't it? Like, I'm not going to lure a kid with candy, that's weird. Some of us, some of us also, um, where was I going with that? (laughs) Um, Oh, okay. Okay. How many of you have ever watched a movie and you just, and you actually felt anxious because you felt like there 's no way that this is going to happen there 's no way that you 're going to be a pull out of this situation, yeah, okay, one of the, some of the things when we 're watching movies that 's a good movie. We are like, "Oh no, but the truth is that most of us know it 's going to be okay, especially if it 's a kid 's film, but every film is a good film if it has conflict. The great thing about movies is is that you know that there 's an end to the story. That whatever the conflict is that they're experiencing right now, it's not the end of the story. And that reality is based on the reality we have in our faith. We will have sufferings, but they're never the end of the story. And, And we, as Christians, we can't be the type of people that say, hey, you know what? All I gotta do is just start to be more moral, start making better decisions, and God's gonna bless me with less suffering. God's gonna bless me with a life with no conflict or drama. And that sounds great. Until you do everything right, and you still get the diagnosis. Or you do everything right. And you still have that relational breakup that you didn't see coming. It's those moments that Christians are like, what the heck, God? Why are you causing drama and suffering and pain in my life? I did everything you wanted me to do. And that we could feel that way if, in Scripture, we had promised, if you follow Jesus, you'll have no suffering. But that's never promised. What we're promised is that they're never the end of the story. They're never the end of the story because what is promised is glory. Now, here's the reality Sponge Javier, right now, is in a situation where he is surrounded by suffering. Life is weighing down. He's got not only the weight of life upon him, he has the weight of his bad decisions, other people's bad decisions, and the fact that everything breaks. That's an ongoing trauma that every human being experiences. The reason that he's not crushed. The reason that he's not crushed is the fact that there's someone else that's holding up the weight. And that's what Paul is saying. Paul finishes this passage by saying this. No, in all these things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who what? Loved us. In another section, Paul says this. But we have these treasures in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. The reality of, of the Christian is this. We live in a world that until Jesus comes back, we will have suffering bearing down on us. We will taste it. We will feel it. It's going to hurt. It's going to discourage us, but it will not destroy us. There's going to be hopes and dreams that you have that life will derail because of one of these three things. But your hope as a Christian is never, never that if you just get a little bit more faithful, God's going to alleviate all this and take it away. Instead, your promise is he's going to hold it for you. He's going to be with you because he loves you. Because he makes that promise. And because he's strong enough to do it. Amen? Amen. Now, Today's message was more abbreviated so we could all digest it. It's theologically strong enough for a grown-up, but childlike enough for a kid. What was the secret commercial? Strong enough for a man, but pH balanced for a woman? This message was aimed to be theologically robust enough for an adult, but childlike that a kid could get it. My hope and prayer for each and one of you is simply this. That as we enter into 2022... We go into this year recognizing that we will have sufferings. Life itself is heavy. Life itself is precarious. But what we have in Jesus is the hope of heaven. That what Jesus did on the cross astounded the suffering that we have. The suffering servant himself took on suffering to one day end suffering for good. Amen? Amen. Let's stand and pray. Lord Jesus, I lift up this congregation, the people, Lord, that you have blessed us to have a gathering of. Week after week, we get a chance to come alongside each other. And Lord, there are so many weeks that we have no idea what's going on in one another's life. Lord, unless we're connected to someone in a small group or we're, we're, we're a friend with someone else that we're showing up with, God, there's so many weeks that we can show up and walk out and have no clue the type of pain that's happening back home, the type of pain that's happening at school, the type of pain and drama that's going on in our world, but you do. Lord, I pray that you sensitize us to be the type of people that do a better job of being real with one another by coming alongside those as we're walking through suffering so that we can be part of your hands and feet to lift off The shoulders of people, the suffering that life continues to bring into our midst. Lord, I pray that you help the people in this room as kids, as teenagers, as adults. Be the type of Christ followers who are those that alleviate the pain and the strain. In your name, God, that we're the type of people that come in and we see sufferings and we don't look the other way. We extend that hug, that conversation, that cup of coffee we do life with one another as people who recognize that you are the source of the end of suffering for good. And we will give you the thanks for it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. If you're a kid from child on up and you would like a piece of candy, I need to see your notes. Come up here to the stage afterwards. Everyone else, we'll see you next week in the new year.